There will be spoilers ahead. Lots of spoilers, so be careful, won't you? Mac and me, why not watch Mac and me? Can't you see? It's so much like E.T. No candy, but we've got Coca-Cola. Ronald McDonald's here. What? Nobody told. Yeah, okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. Please come back. Thank thank you. Yes, thank you, fan. <laughs> yes, in this week's episode of But an Incredible Simulation, we're talking about a six years late ripoff, I mean tribute, <laughs> To E.T. called Mac and Me, as the song might have implied. Or maybe it should be called Big Mac and Me, am I right? Uh-huh. You'll, you'll see why soon, I'm sorry. No, I hope you don't. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but for now, I'm your host, Max, king of burgers, Levine. <laughs> and over there, the egg to my roll, the pineapple to my pizza, the cheese to my Mac. See what I did there? Mike yes. Luce, what song do you have prepared for us this week, Mike? I love mac and cheese, and I love pineapple and pizza. That's my song. Ta-da! That's all right. I believe people like you can be helped. <laughs> I'm glad there's one person who does. (laughs) But before we get to this masterpiece, we asked you a poll question last week, and now you answered. Poll question. Harriet Roberts just posted a picture. You didn't tell us what the question was. Well, it's not important. Yes, it (laughs) is. It would take a scientist to explain. (laughs) Good, because we haven't got one. Ah. Last week, we asked you, what is your favorite cinematic space alien? Harriet Roberts just posted a picture of Paul, the Aww. alien Paul from the movie Paul. Out of fun. Nick Hoffman said, Santa Claus. No, seriously, got to be the thing itself, closely followed by the alien from Aliens. And excuse me, Nicholas, but Santa Claus is not the space alien, and Santa Claus conquers the Martians. He is clearly kidnapped by the space aliens. Ahem. <clears throat> <laughs> Amber That's Stevens writes E.T. Oh, well. Should maybe watch that. Yeah, may someday. Maybe last week's episode, say our entire episode on E.T. Jessica Miller chimes in with another vote for Paul. Yay. And Dave <laughs> says, obviously, the beach ball in Dark Star marks the whole concept. <laughs> He's right. Marks the whole concept, though I thought it was cute. So did Pinback. Sorry, he isn't Pinback. Uh, I enjoy Londo from Babylon 5. Oh, yeah. I think he has some depth and both tragic and comic potential at the same time. Hmm. Hmm. Data isn't an alien, although I love the character, and Worf, who cracks me up, is one joke over and over. What should we do? Attack! The problem is he's usually right. That's the problem. He's u- yeah, we should put up our shields. No, <laughs> no, 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 let's Mr. not Wolf. We shall say hello instead. Hello. <laughs> Blam! <laughs> Crap. <laughs> Dave then said I wanted to go with Howard the Duck, but I think you were asking about movies. That was a movie. I know we don't like to talk about it, (laughs) think about it, or admit it exists, but it was a movie. Oh, Lucas has a lot to answer for. Dave then added Marvin the Martian also. Comes to mind. Hmm. And of course, I love the Ultraman commercials where you could not stay in the atmosphere long enough to eat instant ramen noodles because they take three minutes to cook. Well, that's how long the, the beta oh, that, capsule only works for one minute. 
Oh, one minute. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was longer than that. Okay. No, I think it's one minute in, in like, Ultraman can take the form of the, or the, he can take the place of the guy who uh. turns into Ultraman, but then when the beta capsule gives up and the little blue light starts beeping, that means Ultraman has to leave. More of than, about Ultraman than any of you ever wanted to know. Hey, kept but, the fight short. <laughs> it did. Uh, Bruce Herr Jr. says, the Romulans. All of them, apparently. Yeah, put them uh, together and make one big Romulan. <laughs> I, I gotta say, I kind of dig the uh, female cr- Romulan commander who tries to seduce Spock. Oh, yeah. Charles Forsythe says, Shatterstar. No, wait, Mr. Spock. Ah! <laughs> Blue, no, yeah, ah! Shatterstar, really? Okay. <laughs> At Val Coons. Two fits-ups. Says, I have to go with Mr. Spock. He was my first alien. Whoa! Oh, jeez! <laughs> I don't think she meant um, that. I okay, meant she um, meant on uh, TV. Oh, oh, oh. Eric Steele says, that guy from District 9. I think he oh, means yeah. uh, Vickis. Yeah. The guy who turns into a prawn. Boy, that... that oh, uh, real a, quick, that was an amazing film. Oh, amazing it is. Amazing film. And what a commentary on the oh, issues going boy. on down there. But whew, and, uh, not one I want to see again. Yeah, not fun to watch. Adam Mark, our scholar, Ooh. says, Max, yes? Oh, sorry, Max, the personification of the Trimaxian drone ship from Flight of the Navigator, 1986. Oh, I, never, I never saw it. I haven't either. I, oh. It's one of those movies I keep meaning to see. I never have. Huh. Well-meaning aliens from the planet Phalon abduct and benignly study a, the protagonist, child Dave, oh, the protagonist, child David. Experiencing time dilation, eight years have passed on Earth, but not for David, for whom the experience was almost instantaneous. Putting him back on Earth, David discovers he was presumed abducted and dead, and his little brother is now a young man, much older than David. Reams of alien data have been implanted in David's brain. NASA finds out and seeks to make him a captive guinea pig. Max, our, quote, alien, unquote, is the spaceship, not the alien race that made him, but he is earnest, patient, forthright, wants what is best for David, and gives him the only support and respect as they figure out a way to get both Max and David to their respective homes. It's a charming buddy movie and still holds up. Some of the first CGI in film ever used. Hmm. One of the first all-electric music scores, plus a young Sarika Jessica Parkica. (laughs) Why do I have this feeling you typed it out like that? I did not. I I bet you did. And just like that, an amazing adventure movie of earnest, uncynical characters who are unapologetic in their wonder of the universe, which cinema seldom seems to make anymore. See you later, Navigator. Hmm, Wow. Interesting. I'm actually kind of tempted to see that, although it sounds awfully dark. If it has non-cynical characters in it, yeah. it can't be that dark. Well, Jamie Kleiner simply says, Stitch! <laughs> well, <laughs> sure. I have to not? go. My dog found the chainsaw. <laughs> Harry McCracken simply posted a picture of Marvin the Martian. Oh, which, there you go. Which personally made me very angry. <laughs> very angry indeed. Did it? No, not at all. Uh, <laughs> Rebecca, Dr. Professor Rebecca Pelkey said, I'm going to add Deanna Troy, which Ooh. will be an unpopular opinion. Ooh. Ima- I, I imagine. By the way, there's a great article over at the Mary Sue, a spirited defense of Deanna Troy, with which I wholeheartedly agree. And Gamora, who just kicks arse. Very she, British of you. She did. Got, yes, she did. Got to have some lady aliens in the mix. Absolutely true. 
Yeah, Deanna Troy, I, the big problem, this is the same problem I had with Wesley Crusher. Actually, very interesting characters, yeah. generally very poorly written. Wasn't really their fault. It was no, you. not at all. They and were they, they, just they, awful dialogue. And there's episodes, I swear, that Deanna Troy's not there because if she was there, we're not going to have any episode because she yeah. would have figured out in the first 30 seconds, um, Captain, they're lying. And um, Oh, all right, let's um, leave. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Ralph Smith throws in another vote for The Thing. I'm, although I don't know which one. Ralph, oh. which one was it? Was it uh, like the one from the, the 1950s Is movie? Is it one from The Thing or The Thing? Yeah. <laughs> so the Thing on The Thing with the guy. And the, and the stuff. And of course, from the frozen tundra and wastelands of the post-apocalyptic world Ooh, that I'm is Canada, we have Vince says, Klaatu is likely my favorite alien. Oh, man. Yeah, what a good choice. What a great choice. Michael Rennie is so good and does so many little things, like smiling when he figures out how the flashlight works, like he had never seen one before. If the alien in Alien is a character, hmm, I don't see why not. I would include that as well. I saw Alien at a preview showing, and everyone there was ready to laugh at it. Some people were so scared and grossed out, they left. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Yep. It was truly something alien, and I was totally amazed by it. Huh. Yeah, so those who have not seen the original, not Real the one. remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still, it is an amazing film for a number of reasons, one of which is it portraying an alien in something other than a bug-eyed monster, and it's doing it in the 50s. So it's 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 a really interesting. Yeah. I think Robert Wise actually directed that. The guy who did West that's Side right. Story. I think that's right. Among yeah. other things, it's it's just also just a really good example of movie making. Yeah. It, but see our entire episode on the day the Earth stood still. Oh yeah. Yeah, we done that. Yeah. But uh, Mike, who's your favorite space alien bug-eyed monster guy? I mean, really, there's only one. It, it stands above all the rest, you know, all joking aside, blah, 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 blah. I have to go with Droppo. <laughs> <laughs> the laziest man on Mars? Uh, yes, from Santa Claus Conquers the Martians. Yes, I Droppo. Okay, well, that's Mike's answer. So with me... A nature that says, aren't you the eighth Marx brother twice removed or something? Yeah, something. Yes, no, not, it is not. I'm going to go with Spock, and I mean the original Spock, none of the... Um, ne'er-do-wells <laughs> that may have come oh. after. Well, here's the problem. The character was so embodied by Leonard Nimoy. One might even say that he was playing himself. And I know mm, some people yeah. who would. And I, in some cases, I think that's fair. The thing is, is he was very passionate about that character. And pretty much everything that we knew about Vulcans in the original show came from him. And one of the writers, DC Fontana, she was really, she wrote Amok Time and stuff like that. Yep, yep. And she was, between the two of them, they really just design an entire race. But, but wait, wait, wait. DC Fontana was a lady? Yes. She yeah, I, I know. went she by had... DC because she was they... afraid people would do exactly what you just did. <laughs> that. Yes, literally. So I I got to go with the original Spock. Now, I'm not trying to denigrate not, not any of the Spock actors. Or extra, not new Spock or extra crispy Spock? No, no, no. <laughs> the problem is, is that I feel that in a lot of cases that what's going on now some of it plays towards caricature, and I don't find that it's really adding anything to a character we already know. I just think it's honestly, in most cases, it's, well, we have to have Spock. It's like, no, no, you don't. Um, most of, not all of, but most of Next Generation didn't, and it did just fine. So, I don't know. But how about you, Max? What's, who's your favorite alien character? Well, I got one. I don't know if 
if people will sort of allow it, because he also falls into another category, but honestly, Superman. Oh, yeah. Because he is an alien, and he's been portrayed so many times, and in a lot of very different, very interesting ways. And some not so interesting. <laughs> and some that are in just downright terrible. But I really like the idea of, he's set up, not just as an alien, but as the ultimate immigrant. That's what the, you know, that's what, uh, who was it? Um, oh, I'm blanking on the two guys who created him. Oh, um, uh, Siegel and Schuster. Thank you. And when they created him, that you know, they were both children of Jewish immigrants. They decided to create a fantasy immigrant story. Well, I mean, he's, he's space Moses, right? Yeah, he gets well, he's space in Jesus too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I that well, came later. That's later. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. He. The thing. The reason we mostly forget he's an alien is he's white. Yeah. And well, he, he looks like us. And he was. It's true. He was also Just raised like here all. <laughs> Excuse me, Droppo is green. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yes, honestly, my favorite alien is Chochum. <laughs> we need a Santa Claus on Mars. <laughs> no one must ever know that Santa Claus was kidnapped by Martians. Did you hear what you just said? <laughs> you remember, you spell it S-A-N-T-A-C-L-A-U-S. Hooray for Santa Claus. Claus. Yeah. Uh, well, beyond that, my other one, I got to say, is Zaphod Beeblebrox. <laughs> he's just so much fun, and he's just so, you know, uh, utterly, as he's, if there's anything on this sh- anything on this ship more important than my ego, I want it hunted down and shot right now. Well, he is so hip, he has trouble seeing over his pelvis, and so, so cool, you could keep a side of beef in him for a month. Yep, yep. So, and the three arms, and he only had the two arms, and the two eyes, and he called himself Phil, but yeah. <laughs> Good answer, good answer. Oh, thank you, thank you. You too. And all, all of, of you, great answers. answers. This was terrific. And so, we want more from you. We are a, we are a never-ending hunger. Galactus hungers for poll questions. I hunger. That's <laughs> no, Sinistar. So Sinistar, yeah. For, now, this question, I don't know, had some vague connection to this movie. Maybe you'll pick it up. What movie has the absolute most egregious product placement you can remember? <laughs> the kind that just took you right out of the movie. I, Although in some cases, being taken out of the movie is not a bad thing. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now, let's get to things about the movie. The facts. Hey, before I get to Trivia Max, would you like no. some Skittles? No, mm, no, but I sure am thirsty for Coke. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help it. I know. Yeah. Please, yeah. Trivia, by yeah. all means. Taste the rainbow, mother. Oh. <laughs> You're going to be tasting the rainbow for the next week, if you know what I mean. <laughs> now, oddly enough, you know the new Shazam movie, uh, what, Wrath of the Gods or Wrath of Khan or whatever? Yeah, whatever. Wrath of Shazam. There is actually a line, taste the rainbow mother effer in it. Oh, well, oh, that's because there's different colored Shazams. Is... No, it's worse oh. than that. Anyway. It's worse than that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Suppository. <laughs> <laughs> Our word for today is suppository. <laughs> anyway, please, trivia about that Mac trivia. and me. I'm dying. Yes, yes. I really am. Yeah, oh, and real quick, lot. too. Sorry mm-hmm. about my voice, folks. It's just the way it is. I have no idea why. Max, please go ahead. Mike finally went through puberty this week. <laughs> uh, budget. Yes, they had this. When I think of how many, I don't know, how much garbage could be removed from the ocean or how many homeless people could be housed, $13 million. What? Yes. Now, and this is 1988 money. Uh, um, 
I They're disagree. Fifteen million dollars they spent. How much did On it make? What? Oops. <laughs> and what did they make? Six point four million. That much. Mop, 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 mop. <laughs> yeah, that is a flop. This was written and directed by, of course, the great Stuart Raphael. Do you have any idea who he is? Well, here's the thing. In general, no, but he did give us things like Mannequin on the Move. Yeah, the second Mannequin movie. The second one, because the first one was so good. (laughs) Yeah, but he's best to me. What I will always remember him for is Ice Pirates. Yeah. Which is one of, we may have to do that someday, that is one of the worst science fiction movies out there. Yeah, he did that. He also did a film that I understand why other people don't like, but I actually liked was a film called The Philadelphia Experiment. Oh, he did that? Yeah, that was right after Ice Pirates. Yeah, he also I did like Pas- Passenger 57. Tammy and the T-Rex. <laughs> oh, the new Lord. Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah. The new Adventures of Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah, stop reading his IMDb page. <laughs> well, I want people to know so they can yeah. decide for themselves. The young actor who plays uh, Eric has the odd name of Jade Caligori, mm. actually has spina bifida and uses mm. a wheelchair in real life. Mm-hmm. I, that is, I have got to give the movie its one point. Oh, I'm giving you a No, no. Surprise. <laughs> yeah, give it a point for using an actual disabled actor to play a disabled character. 1988, this wasn't that common. Nope. He has done this movie... One episode of a show called Kids Incorporated and a small part in one of the 50 or so Alien Nation TV movies. Ah. That's all. Well, I wonder why that is. Maybe we'll talk about that later. Now, this will come... uh, Okay, Mike, you might want to take a sedative to overcome the shock of this, but Coca-Cola and McDonald's were two of the major backers of this movie. What? I'll give you a minute to recover yourself. Done? Good. And thus, there are one or two references to the products. (laughs) The McDonald's scenes were all shot in, I didn't know this was a real place, City of Industry, California. I've heard that mentioned. I thought it was a joke. They get a lot done. Just outside Los Angeles. The set's a real-life McDonald's built specifically for crew member training and TV commercials. Everything inside worked, but it never served a real customer. When it wasn't being used, it was locked up behind a chain-link fence. And let's pour one out because it was torn down and rebuilt in 2006. Sad. Part of the film's box office intake, (laughs) such as it was, was donated to the Ronald McDonald House Charities. That's cool. This film was nominated for four, count them, four Razzies. Did it win any? uh, It did. Uh, including Worst Picture, Worst Mm. Director, Worst Screenplay, Mm. and Worst New Star for Ronald McDonald. (laughs) As himself. And that's what what it won. (laughs) It won won for Worst New Star, Ronald McDonald. It it lost Worst Picture to Cocktail. Oh, really? Yes. I thought people liked, wasn't that Brian Brown and Tom Cruise? Yes, it was. I thought people liked that movie. Not that much, apparently. Oh, oh well. Hmm. Uh, also, yes, that was also more or less for the gratuitous product placements. Oh. MAC, if you missed it, because he only says it once, is an acronym for Mysterious Alien Creature. Yeah. Yeah. The film ends with a freeze frame and the superimposed title, We'll Be Back, which was more of a threat than a promise, but it was such a box office failure that 
so far. He proposed, <laughs> hey, you never know, the proposed sequel was never made. Let's do a Kickstarter! <laughs> <laughs> this, by the way, in a blink-and-you'll-miss-it moment, is Jennifer Aniston's film debut. What? Yeah. Uh, she is girl sitting on sidewalk. You know, she had such presence. She really I did. I knew she something made that was going to happen with her. Yeah, yeah. God. Uh, in a review in the Washington Post, Richard Harrington wrote, quote, In fact, Mac and me could just as well have been called O.T., the other terrestrial. <laughs> or testicle. Forget about calling home E.T. Cole lawyer. Yeah, uh-huh. well, we'll get to that part. Cause when that's... Steven Spielberg was asked if he was ever tempted to take legal action against the filmmakers for copying the story of his beloved film E.T., he jokingly said he didn't want to get blamed for making anybody else watch it in order to make comparisons. You stole that from my trivia last week. I, well, it was on the page anyway. That... It, it bears repeating. This movie doesn't. Oops! No, no. Uh, ooh, yeah, way to give it away there. <laughs> The close shot of Eric as he slides off the hill and falls into a lake below mirrors a similar scene from Predator the year before where Schwarzenegger slides and falls into a river. By the way, the same guy who composed the music for Predator, Alan Silvestri, did the music for Mac and Me. Did he? Yes. I see. (laughs) There is a weird running gag that involves Paul Rudd. Whenever he would appear on the show Late Night with Conan O'Brien, when that was still on, he would pretend to have brought a clip from his newest film, but he would always instead show the scene from Mac and Me of Eric rolling off the cliff and falling into the water. He has done this joke for years, even up to when he was promoting Ant-Man. Good for him. (laughs) And Conan, the first time he did it, Conan was caught completely by surprise because Rudd spun this really long, involved story about this non-existent project he claimed to be working on. (laughs) And then he played the clip. Conan gets caught flat-footed every time. (laughs) So it's something useful did come out of this movie. Oops! (laughs) Stop that. Probably one or two other things, but not really. It's just not that interesting. No. So let's get to... The plot. Please. See last week. So, moving on. (laughs) That's not true. Okay. A NASA probe lands somewhere, kind of looks like Wyoming, and uses its (laughs) Acme vacuum hose attachment to accidentally suck up a family of four turd-colored aliens, which it then somehow transports back to Earth. The youngest of the aliens gets separated and befriends a young boy in a wheelchair who has moved with his single mom and brother to generic California suburb. And is this sounding a little familiar? Well, it's not. For one thing, the alien loves Coca-Cola, not Reese's Pieces. So there. This kid is in a wheelchair. He doesn't ride a bike. Completely different. Doesn't fly either. And Ronald McDonald shows up and there's an 80s dance party. So... Okay, you know, some of this really is entirely unlike that unnamed movie we talked about last week. But there's mysterious government guys in gray suits without guns or walkie-talkies who are really, really bad at their jobs. And did I mention Ronald McDonald is in this? Yes. Oh, and I think the Papa alien is horny Jesus or something. (laughs) What? Yeah. The facts. Wait, where did that last part come from? 
well, he raises the dead, and there is that sequence where they pull into the gas station, and he is seriously hitting or macking on or staring at this teenage girl in the next car. Uh, I must have missed that part. Maybe I was um, puking or something. Or asleep, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Okay, I would like to point out one of the mistakes this movie makes r- for right off is we see the aliens in full daylight. Yeah. And, um, you know, this was six years after E.T., and apparently none of the effects improved. I, you know, I'm actually going to disagree with you there. I, really? The opening of the film admittedly starts with a very nice painting somewhere in space. Yes. But I I don't like the design of the aliens. The faces are just, I mean, butt uglies being kind. The fact that they look like they all just ate an entire lemon is an interesting yeah. choice, I have their, their mouths all look like they're little Oral Annie dolls. Oh, dear. Yeah. Very little Oral Annie. Yep. Um, it's, I suppose it's better than Resusa Annie. But <laughs> I... Actually, I didn't see zippers. I actually thought the suits were fairly well constructed. I just Mm. think they were poorly designed. Okay, that's fair. And there is a lot of movement in the heads for the three older aliens. Mm. The Mac is a puppet, and he's not a very good puppet. They also make a lot of mistakes with the stop motion with Mac. There are several points where... They're doing stop motion, and they have moving cars in the background. Oops. And you can see the car movement stutter as they're stopping and starting. It's very mm-hmm. distracting. I also thought that the alien probe, uh, which isn't alien, it's ours, so our yeah. American probe, was actually pretty realistic looking and reasonable. Except, except for the vacuum, the vacuum tube, which was right <laughs> out of Acme. Well, it's not the tube so much is the way that they depicted it working, which is turning the aliens two-dimensional, stretching them out like a rubber band, and then sucking them into a space that none of them could have fit into on their own. It's not the last cartoon special effect we're going to get, and that really added to the drama. (laughs) And there's also one other choice they made before we get too far away from the aliens that I thought was um, highly questionable. The aliens don't talk they can only whistle well their mouths are permanently puckered yes and this told me from the beginning that this is going to be a long movie because if there's one thing people like it's whistling oh yeah yeah (laughs) however we do often speak start off talking about the cast yes and i'd like to get to one of these people last the mom okay yeah i I bet i know why but that's okay so the kid who plays eric you know jade Yep. You know, um, you're not supposed to say bad things about disabled people. I mean, he's a kid. He's not an actor. He's that just is not. true. Nope. He's not. He is really not good. No. His he, expressions don't often match his emotions. He has delivery worse than DHL in a thunderstorm. Uh, <laughs> just not good. Yeah. And they, I... I, I know what you're saying, but here's the thing. The other way to look at this is we shouldn't treat people who have that is true. challenges differently. Yep. And if I want to treat him the same way I'd treat any other actor, I'd get somebody else. Yep. Now, point said, I also definitely like the fact that they chose a, a somebody who has challenges for the role, and it wasn't just some kid stuck in a wheelchair like it wasn't, it wasn't fake, because that yeah, would have been... that was a nice touch. But... The other okay. kid, yeah, Debbie, who I kept thinking of li- as little Debbie in the entire movie, <laughs> she's terrible. She's better than he is. She's a little better. She at least, you get the feeling she's trying to be funny. 
With yeah. Her. Now, admittedly, she is somewhat hampered by the dialogue, which oh, isn't the, funny. Or the direction. Or the direction, which is non-existent. No. But I'm going to guess that she didn't do much after this, because she is one of those I-don't-have-a-photo-on-IMDB people. <laughs> yeah, no, um, Stanley does not have a great list of credits. I believe she has a total of four. Ah, well, the one who played her sister, Courtney, Tina yeah. Caspary, or Caspary, she was barely even there. I'm not even sure I can judge her performance. She was so barely there. She had nothing to do. I mean, no. she wasn't, which made her, you know, she wasn't awful, but yeah, no idea. I literally think we can't judge because there's nothing no, to there's judge. there's nothing to judge. There's nothing to base her base any kind of criticism on. Jonathan Ward, who plays the big brother, Michael, um, again, by the way, you notice Michael the same is the same name as the big brother in E.T. What? Uh, yeah, heart, shock, isn't it? Well, he would ad- actually get better because he would be a star in things like Charles in Charge <laughs> and uh, the Beauty and the Beast TV series and oh, Who's sure. the Boss? Uh, interestingly, he was in Steel Magnolias, so we'll we'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, Fern Gully, yeah. So I I can't I'm. Mm. I don't want to if I want to give him the benefit of the doubt or not because the directing and the writing was so bad. Mm. I honestly think there was a lot of improvised scenes. At least I hope there were. I th- yeah, I get that feeling too. Not only, not the least of which, because it's often kind of hard to understand what they're saying because they obviously haven't been coached in the pronunciation and they're just riffing. Well, there's one line that I actually wrote down as a quote from this movie because it. I was just so flummoxed by how little sense it made. It's early on when they're driving mm-hmm. to their new home. Yeah. They've been sleeping, and the mom wakes them up, and Michael says, Hey, look at all those cars. This looks pretty nice. And his yep. mother says, what? It does look pretty Exactly. What? They're on the freeway, and they're all they see is cars. Apparently, where they come from, they don't have any. Yeah, in the, in the wilderness that is Chicago, or at least yeah. or Illinois. We don't know if they're from Chicago, except... Uh, one of them wears a Cubs hat. Yeah, and has a Cubs... Well, we'll get to that. The line that got me is when they're (laughs) unpacking and uh, Michael is doing the horny teenager, oh, going to meet some California babes, and he says, your hormonal hero is here. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is both offensive and meaningless. Yeah, yeah. Just, hey, look at all those cars. This looks pretty nice. If it wasn't for that horse, I never would have got through that year of college. (laughs) If you like uh, uh, Black, Lewis Black, check out Lewis Black. That's what that's from. Yep, yep. Hang on, we get now to the most puzzling... Oh, yeah, there's other people in this movie. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Most of them don't have many lines. I don't know what they're doing. Christine Ebersol plays Janet, the mother. Okay, I did not know her in particular. When she came on, I'm like, oh, I bet she is this character. She is totally this character. Did she make you think she'd played the grocery witch in Magical yes, Disappearing Money? Yes, a little money? bit, but that's just because of her hair. <laughs> I looked it up, and it's not her, but they I know, look it so alike. Christine Ebersole is a name. She yeah. is a Tony-winning Broadway actress. And? She has done tons of stuff she was married to the television great duncan ebersol she's also in one of your favorite shows steven universe yes she was she is the voice of white diamond yep and she is awesome yep um i just figured she was fairly young she must have needed the money someone had net photo negatives she didn't want getting out i don't know i think 
her and her part is just kind of bizarre because she's moved she they move into quite honestly a really nice house seriously it's gorgeous by the way Again, that suburb looked really familiar. It looked exactly to me like the one from E.T. and the one from Poltergeist. It actually looked to me like the Bradys live nearby. Yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised. But they moved to this really nice house because Dad has left them uh, just exactly like it happened in E.T. Do we... Wait, wait. Do we know he left? Yeah. Oh, okay. I I missed that. I didn't know what happened to Dad. Yeah, we just don't... We don't um, dwell on the fact that he's off having fun somewhere else and camping or fishing or whatever but well to be fair they don't say he didn't they don't say he died they don't say he left but it seemed like he left they didn't they don't seem like real real sad that he's dead they just seem like well actually they don't seem like anything no, no. <laughs> quite honestly but i don't, There's yeah, a photo we don't with know dad we, we, we see a photo that's it that's it's the director yeah. <laughs> so they moved to this wonderful house this amazing yeah. house that yep. anyone would die to have and that's because mom got a new job. That's why they moved halfway across the country. And where does she work? Sears. Where America shops. <laughs> well, not anymore. Not anymore, no. But we don't even get the idea she's an executive. Oh, like, it looks like she's a floor a floor worker. Yeah. That just sounds like a euphemism. <laughs> that's a street worker. That <laughs> was floor walker. Well, that's not any better. I know no. it's a real term, but there we go. Yeah, no. Yeah, it doesn't. We don't know how she's affording it. Also, I'm a little surprised they make a big deal out of how wheelchair accessible the house is. Yeah. The bathroom is definitely not. No. Bathroom no, is a death trap. It's wheelchair accessible in that it is a ranch. Yeah. It's That's as far as it goes. And handily has a cliff outside the back. <laughs> yeah. And is on a huge hill. Yeah. Well, like a bad thing. idea. I know it's a bad idea, but depending on how much of a daredevil the kid is, he actually might really like that. I that, don't know. Yeah, that is true. But, yeah, the acting is second only to the writing, <laughs> which I think is, um, yeah. I would actually give a, a, a little vote here for the cinematography, because this has got that weird 80s thing where everything is brightly lit from every direction yeah. all the time. There's no shadows anywhere. I don't know no. how they did that. There is no sense of place, of time. Even when it's nighttime, everything's lit up pretty well. Yeah. Or it's just, I, I don't know, it's it's bad. For want of a better word, yes. the cinematography is bad. Yeah. By the way, this is also one of those movies... In E.T., you get nobody sees E.T. because E.T. is really good at hiding. He's very stealthy. He's very good at blending in. Mm. This, Mac obviously subscribes to the Scooby-Doo method of <laughs> hiding, which is like standing directly behind someone, peeking over their shoulder, and then when they turn, they're behind the other shoulder. The whole thing. Yeah. People in this movie have terrible eyesight. They oh. either don't see him walk directly in front of them, or they see him, they do the classic head shake, take off their sunglasses, put them back on, then he's gone. And I kept waiting for someone to take out a bottle marked booze, drop it, <laughs> and hold, close their eyes, hold up their hand, and do the taking the oath thing. <laughs> Give the pledge. Yeah. I pledge never to see this movie yeah. again. Oops! Yeah. There it goes again. Man, yeah. I gotta stop doing that. I want to say also, going back to the beginning, that is the shortest interplanetary mission I've ever seen. Seriously. I think that probe was on the planet for about... 90 seconds. Also, I'd like to point out, 1988, we did not have unmanned robotic probes. No, nor did we, and I don't even know if we have this now, ones that could land and then come back. Yeah. There's this thing called fuel. <laughs> also, it had to have been within our solar system. It had to be. Also, it even if it 
was, like, even if it just went to Mars, and it was pretty obvious that it was supposed to be, like, a moon of Saturn or something. Going with Wyoming. It would be years. Yeah. Those those aliens are dead. Yes. For many, many reasons, those aliens are dead. D-E-D, dead. You notice there's a little self-awareness of the ripoff factor, because did you see the cartoon the kid keeps watching? You know, I, I did miss it. Good. No, you didn't. <laughs> it, he's watching Snorks, oh, which yes, was a ripoff of the it. Smurfs. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little theme going on there, a little ripoff theme. Ain't there, yeah. Yeah, so they get to the, the probe lands, and then, oh, there's something wrong with it. Uh, here's something that most people should know about space. Um, the reason that you can't take anything with you is that the amount of fuel it takes to move any mass from the it's planet into space. It's calibrated down to the gram. And so they're like, well, there's a weight problem. Well, yeah, there's four aliens on board this cardboard box. That's okay, because they've been rendered into cartoon form, and cartoons have no mass. Sure, whatever. <laughs> but then they break out, and everyone literally, all the scientists and all the security people, literally spend the next five minutes going... <laughs> and they, and they yeah. oh, well, I guess they're leaving. They're walking out. I, I guess we'll just let them... Oh no, no. They, they're they walking slowly away. Well, we can't possibly stop them. They, they just literally nothing. walk into the rest of the film, and nothing nothing gets in the way. No. Nothing at all. And it so, takes them a remarkably long time to find these four naked aliens in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, I'm glad we don't know how they procreate, because there's mm-hmm. nothing keeping us from seeing that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I have this bad feeling it has something to do with that whistling, but eh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you mentioned that the, the, the guy who wrote the score wrote the score to Predator. I remember the music in Predator actually being pretty good. Well, apparently that was all he had in him, although actually Alan Silvestri, I think, has a pretty good... Uh, uh, track record i guess he was just coasting because even the music several points you can hear t- stuff that's clearly a ripoff of the et theme well except for i for me and i actually went and looked this up to make sure that i wasn't hearing things every time they start playing the theme to this movie yeah. i kept expecting the donna reed show to start <laughs> and if you go listen to the theme to the donna reed show uh-huh. it'll sound hauntingly familiar okay i believe it of course that is not taking into account the songs yes well, oh, now, Max, boy. you have to admit this is not often known by younger people, but sudden outbreaks of dancing were quite <laughs> common in the 80s. <laughs> yes. I mean, they drive into a parking lot at one point for... Uh, they're going to a birthday party at a McDonald's, because people do that, apparently. Well, they did. Not like that. <laughs> no. They've got Mac disguised as a, te- as a gigantic teddy bear. Sure. Again, bad eyesight. No one seems to notice the teddy bear can move. Oh, it's a it's a toy. It's a robot. Yeah, it's like Teddy Ruxpin, except of course everyone knows Teddy Ruxpin was in fact possessed. <laughs> Evil, and they drive into a sudden attack of the eighties. Oh boy, it, is it an attack? Oh boy, it's an all-out front. Yes, there's boom boxes, there's feathered hair, there's, there's break, break dancing. dancing. Oh, the break dancing. <laughs> Well, and hey, ter- it actually terrible, gave reason for there music. to be people of color in the film. Yeah, that's pretty much the only reason <sighs> Yeah, that they use. And uh, yes, Ronald McDonald or some... No, it's bear- him. Oh, what do you mean? The credit. Yeah. You didn't see the that's credit? That's true. The credit says Ronald McDonald <laughs> as himself. It's that, the real one. It was the real one, yes. Hey, here, here's a bit of trivia. You yeah. know who played the original Ronald McDonald? I used to. I don't. King Moody. 
You may know him as Staka from Get Smart. (laughs) Yes, I don't know why I know that, because stupid. Yeah, there's... In McDonald's. Yeah, this... There's this dancing and stuff, and everyone buys the the toy robot or toy bear thing for reasons. But even weirder, the stu- or, so we have this scene in this film where the bad guys, the two, because they can only afford two. Although they had what sixteen million dollars for this? Yep, thirteen. Yeah, thirteen. Whatever. So they they they're trying to find the alien because they know there's at least one missing. How they can't find the other three, I don't know. But they're going through a neighborhood, and one of them says. Oh, we found him. How? Yeah, this isn't even like they've got the van, the sneaky van that's listening. It's just the two of them in, what was that, a Pinto? or I think they just literally heard somebody talking about another being or another person. And it's like, oh, it's this place. It's based on nothing. Nothing. But then they show up to the McDonald's because there's this chase scene thing. And um, they somehow immediately know that the alien must be in the teddy bear suit because if anybody danced like that they've got to be an alien yeah uh, whatever and then the chase scene starts after that which is um hey at least at least in the beginning of the film we get a hilarious three-car pileup oh those are so funny there is oh. a remarkable amount of property damage in this movie well, especially compared to et including a guy who spontaneously in his car catches fire well that is funny but there's your $13 million, all the property damage. Yeah. You mentioned the product placement and how painful it is. It is because there's a lot, a lot of coke. I actually Ugh. love the fact that Skittles play a very large role in the product placement, except no one ever eats them. And you notice when she's when uh, the, Debbie is offering the Skittles to Max, she's holding the bag upside down. <laughs> I just love it. It's like they, they literally pass the bag of Skittles in front of the camera. Obviously, only, Skittles gave them like $20. I think that I, was it. But yeah, nobody eats them. They don't play oh. any part in the nope. plot at all. It's just like, we're going to pause this movie for a little notice from Skittles. Yes. But fortunately, of course, you know, the only thing that will keep Mac and his family alive is the great taste of Coca-Cola. Uh, I beg to differ. Huh? The only thing that keeps them alive, and this is true even on their own planet, it's the only invention they have. Oh, yeah, the straw. It's the drinking straw. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Without the straw, we'll die. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, guess what's going to happen, because out in the desert, we don't have straws. So there's a scene, and I would like, to, if maybe you can explain this to me, I'm betting you can't, but there's a scene where Mac has been found and he's more or less in the house and he's mm. the best. Well, never mind the fact that he's called Mac. They never make any mention of it, like you said. One, it's like, he's a he's a mysterious alien creature. And then from then on, they just call him Mac, which yeah. they don't explain. One day, uh, young Eric wakes up, gets out of bed, and he comes out and finds that their backyard has been recreated in their living room. And there's holes drilled in the wall. And there's a hole being cut in the door. Yeah. Why? Pardon? I said, why? Why is this happening? Oh, what? well, um... You see, uh, I don't know! And how <laughs> does... And Mac has apparently moved, like, a couple of multi-ton boulders into the house. What gets me is the mom thinks the kid did it. Yeah. It's like, uh... Okay, you think even an adult human without a wheelchair could move what has to be a ton and a half boulder into your living room without destroying the walls and somehow got a hold of the power tools you left lying around? Well, we did at least see the saw earlier. We saw Michael use the saw, and he used it totally safely. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, the the mother's reaction doesn't make any sense. They're trying to do a little bit of the mom from E.T. again. It's like, I just can't handle this. But mostly it's just like, oh, you guys, I just don't need this right now. Yeah, well, I also, well, besides the fact that we've, we never in the film see Mac or any of the aliens display any kind of powers that would allow them to yeah. do this, there doesn't even seem to be a point. Now, somebody who likes Mac and me, Nope, nobody responded. Yeah. Somebody who likes Mac and me might say, Definitely well, he was trying to recreate where his family is. Okay, he hasn't found out that that's where they are yet, and mm. this looks nothing like that. There no. are no big windmills or anything. Yeah. So, I, I like, it just, I could not parse that scene. It made no sense to me. He's, oh, Mac, oh, oh Mac. <laughs> yeah, no, does nothing. not make any sense at all. Nope. Nope. No, no idea. Neither okay, does so. most of this movie. I mean, it just doesn't. They don't even try, really, for any kind of cohesion or internal consistency. Well, the movie's really utterly directionless, right? Yeah. Like, there's no... I mean, I will admit, I didn't see the end coming, because... Yeah. Wait, what? Uh, yeah. But anyway, we'll get... We'll, we gotta we gotta talk about that. We're running out of time, but... Uh, it's, yeah, it's true, but... Um, any, yeah, so, basically, Elliot... I'm sorry, Eric and uh, his crew, which is now Michael Courtney, the Debbie's apparently hot sister who Michael is now deeply in love with for reasons. Well, she works at McDonald's. Yeah, she does. And he's a teenage boy, so. Yeah. They go and find Mac's family who have tucked themselves into one of California's many random external mine shafts. Well, that's where Jim Backus lives. Uh, Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I was just glad they didn't run into the ghost of the minor 49er. Um... (laughs) They uh, and apparently, did you know doves live in mine shafts? Sure. Yeah, they of course revive them with Coca Cola, stuff them in the van, go off. Then they somehow wander into a supermarket. Well, and they're trying to keep the aliens from doing stuff in the car, and they're 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 sort of they start playing <sighs> Simon Says, at which point I screamed out at the movie Simon Says, shove your hands up your ass, because. <laughs> That would, yeah, yeah, that's a perfectly reasonable response. And then somehow things escalate to where they're shooting. Yeah. And these. At the supermarket. Yeah. And uh, the dad alien grabs one of the guns and is just waving it around like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. These are very advanced people. Um, Yeah. And the the police freak. Yeah, the police freak out. And suddenly there's a massive explosion, the cause of which I'm not entirely sure. Melons. Yeah, just it's the melons. cars, yeah, <laughs> melons, or I'm betting it's Coca-Cola because of the awesome got, power of Coca-Cola. It got too close to the melons. It did. <laughs> and Eric is killed. Yeah. Sorry for the spoiler. I don't mean he's like knocked out or hurt. He's friggin' dead. Yeah. And, and yeah. the alien, the, then there's all, there's all this fire, right, from the explosion. Yep. Well, fire. We're talking like... <laughs> Birdemic fire yeah. here. Yeah, um, I think this is where like some of the Greek budget fire, went. which is a bad thing because it sticks to things and yeah. burns. This is Birdemic fire, which <laughs> doesn't actually cause heat. Yeah, or apparently anything. the or the aliens are immune to fire suddenly. But the aliens walk out of the fire. Yeah, as if it's not there. Yeah, hint, which it isn't. Hint, which it isn't. <laughs> and nobody does anything. They like nobody uh, reacts to them coming out at all. No, and nobody, they come over I, to. Um, little Eric, and they all make the, the the universal space hippie symbol of I reach man. Yeah, I was sitting there going, Herbert, Herbert, Herbert. <laughs> I was also pointing out when you do the 
palm, the uh, heels of the palm together and the fingers open, that's the Ferengi greeting. Is it? It is oh, from Deep Space Nine. So two Nine. Star Trek references yep, here, although yep. one of them was not real. And they bring him back to life. Now, sure. I would like to point out, this is another piece of trivia I was saving for this. Oh, good. There is a difference between the U.S. release and the Japanese release of this movie. Ah. Several, actually. One is, for some reason, the opening scenes on Mac's home planet are tinted blue. Ah. Ah. During the climax of the film, this was actually filmed, but they don't show it, a policeman trips and fires his gun and shoots Eric in the chest. That's why he's dead. Oh. Yes, the explosion, the subsequent explosion does not show him slumping in his wheelchair because he's already dead. After that incident, the doctor that runs up to help is shown with blood all over his hands. Oh. Yeah. Huh. And also, before Mac and his family heal Eric, the father is shown extracting the bullet from the body and throwing it away. I see. Yeah. You know, make of that what you will. I can't. They already did. Yeah. And this is uh, to me that was like, oh yeah, ET can heal a cut finger. This guy can raise the dead. Suck it, ET. Well, and I was trying to figure out what killed him because it was yeah. like, it wasn't the force of the blast because his wheelchair is not doesn't knocked even out of the wheelchair. Over. Yeah, no, and he's not burnt. He was um, shot apparently. He was. Um, I'm going to go with plotted to death. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then there's the fi- the the actual end, the finale. Which is yeah. another ripoff, by the way, of a movie that came out the same year. Did you catch this? No, I probably didn't. I did not. It's no, I did the non-human didn't. being sworn in as an American citizen because the same year this came out, Short Circuit 2 came out, well, which that's... ends with the robot being given American citizenship. Ah, that's why I didn't catch what it. We didn't see, see the it. aliens who have been dressed up like the cast of Leave it to Beaver. <laughs> Apparently, no one could find them clothes from the 1980s, which maybe they should be grateful for. Taking the oath of citizenship, despite the fact they can't speak and can't say, I do. I guess they just whistle. And then driving off in, what do they drive off in? I forget, because I don't care. A pink Cadillac. Oh, that's right. And they don't play pink Cadillac, which is just as well, because that's a euphemism. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And And we get the, we'll be back, and I'm just sitting there going... No, 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 you won't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's other questions I would ask. Like, why does Mac even stay with the kids? There's Seriously. literally nothing keeping him there. Um, he, he tries to get away, and then, of course, Eric wants him to stay. And then he goes to bed, and the alien, there's, there's no fence, there's no dog, there's nothing. There's no sense of bond between them either. I mean, it starts really. off with, with uh, Eric assaulting him. By trying to suck him into a, actually succeeding in sucking him into a vacuum cleaner, which should have, yeah. which Debbie is wearing on her back for some reason, and gets thrown around the, the living room and should have been, you know, in a coma by the end. Like we were. Ooh, sorry about that. Well, they're all, they're playing, um, Simon says, in the car, and they're talking to the aliens, and then they're at the supermarket, and all they do is keep screaming at the cops, they don't understand you, they don't understand you, they don't understand you either. Uh, or they're just not listening. <laughs> or they can only hear... Because <laughs> uh, that wasn't annoying. And that's the thing. They can understand. Yeah. When he talks to Mac, Mac understands what he's saying. He responds, you know, positive, negative, pointing at stuff. So do the el- so does the older one. Yeah. They do understand. They're just apparently being really, really friggin' dense. Well, I think you're just being too picky, Max. <laughs> uh. 
you should give this film some leeway. After no, all, I there- shouldn't. This, well, sorry, I know I'm still giving it away. But well, speaking of which, I've well, there's other stuff, but I can't do any more. Can we just finish up? Well, have you taken your pills? So I've taken the bad tasting candy that Doctor Nice Person gives me. They're Skittles. <laughs> The finish. So, Max. Yeah. Had you seen Mac and Me before this? I'm going to guess no, no, or you wouldn't have seen I it again. I had not. I would not have <laughs> even suggested seeing it, no. Did, and so, I'm guessing you didn't either. Nope. Oh. I had never heard of it. <laughs> I'm not also looking to change the name of the show to Mac Mike's Mac <laughs> Mike Movies. <laughs> Thank God. But what did you think, Max? This lovely tale of children and oh. aliens and... This is and just... This has so little effort made in it. The whole thing is just lazy. No offense to Christine Ebersole. She tries, but even she's kind of phoning it in because she knows what she's in. She knows what this movie is. Mm. You know the only people who put in any effort? The dancers. In that one highly choreographed McDonald's dance numbers... They're really trying. Yeah. It's a shame. Well, no, it isn't because it's a ter- it's terrible. But it's you know it's a minute and a half or so. It's oh god. I felt like a lot longer than that. No, that's the other thing. The pacing in this movie is glacial, and it's not that long. It's like an hour and thirty nine minutes. <laughs> One of my notes was, I'd say the movie is a little over an hour too long. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think it's an hour or 30 minutes too long. We could do the whole thing in a sketch. Yeah. Ugh. Very, very bad. No, I'm not going to ask you. I'm not. Yes, I'm not. you oh. have to! <laughs> you have to ask me! Oh, all right. What did you think, Mike? It has all the magic and wonder of an inflamed boil. <laughs> yeah. It's just... It's it, there's no direction. We don't know where the film goes, is where it wants to go. The fact that it ends up in a courtroom with them being sworn in to be U.S. citizens, I admit, didn't see it coming. No. Don't care. Nobody's reacting to them. Like the FBI guys show up, they don't want to be late to want to witness this this act of act of magic. I don't know. And there's like there's no scientists around them at all. There's never once a scientist trying to get to the aliens. It's just oh. these literally like. Clem and Stewie have taken, I don't know, I just made the names up, have taken the FBI's... Victory is mine! (laughs) Rather see him! I don't even (laughs) like that show. These two bumbling FBI agents are chasing after them for no particular reason, because they're not trying to go after the three other people. You notice, by the way, how variable their running speed is? At one point, they cannot catch a kid in a wheelchair, and at another point, they can keep up with a truck. Yeah. I mean, whatever. By the way, Michael... I ha- must have phenomenal upper body strength because they're driving alongside oh, right. uh, Eric and Mac in their wheelchair. They drive up inside with a van, and Michael grabs the wheelchair, just bending out of the van, picks it and Eric up and scoops it into the van. Yeah, I should have freeze framed to see the large Popeye like hairy arms that were actually doing <laughs> I that. I was waiting to hear. <laughs> Eat your spinach, kids. Gets to save Mac. Huh. Uh, the movie is also just utterly joyless. Yeah. There is nothing happy, fun. I, I mean, I literally don't n- think there was a point. It, I, mm. 
Yeah, don't. Luckily, it's hard to see this film. Yeah. We both watched the same version from YouTube. Uh, apparently, it's on something called Free V or something. Yeah, and a couple of the other otter ad-supported streaming services. But you will not find it on any of the ones with any class. Um, with a K. The one yeah. place you will find it, by the way, and now I kind of want to go watch this. This gets the riffing treatment from Mystery Science Theater 3000 season 12. It's part of the mm. gauntlet. Yeah, I can see this yeah. being part of something called a gauntlet. Yeah. So, yeah, two big no's. No. And it is a big nose, isn't it? No. But your nose going to be three feet across your face in a minute, mate. <laughs> but we would like to say yes to something. So let's say yes to our poll question. Let's. Max, could you go over that again and let people no. know how they can answer it? I will indeed. What movie has the most egregious product placement? The kind that just... Took you right out of the movie. And you can tell us by emailing us directly at us at maxmikemovies.com. You can go to our website, maxmikemovies.com. Com. Thank you, Kristen. Com. <laughs> Kristen, Kristen, honey, we're rolling. Um, <laughs> never, that will never not be funny. Uh, yes, maxmikemovies.com and leave a comment. You can, yes, you can engage with, uh, with, with my nemesis, Snowy. He's not your nemesis. Yes, he He's is. a very We're, nice person. We are now we are now locked in a gay in a game to the death. Um no, he yes, just writes comments on the website. And throws penguins at me. <laughs> he's in Canada. He can't hit you. He, well, I didn't say he could hit me, but he is throwing them. I'm sure he is. There are a lot of penguins in Canada. I read that Tons somewhere. Of- <laughs> Don't dispute me. <laughs> you can also find us on the facing book under Max Mike Movies, and you can leave a comment there. We always post the poll question there. And, of course, finding us on the podcast app of your choice becomes easier by the day. Yeah. But we're not done yet. We're oh, only no. about halfway through. There's much more pain to come. Well, I mean, more movies but to come. next week, Mike again gets the good one, or at least the <laughs> successful one. What are we going to watch, Mike? Yeah, I was I was sort of pondering about this. Which direction do I want to go? Do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Do I want to uh-huh. do the other thing? And I think... I'm going to go with something we haven't done yet in this series, and I haven't done actually in general in a long time. I'm going to go with something animated. Mm, okay. I'm going to go with a film where a, how to put this, a large, loud, rock and roll-based actor gets to play a Chinese panda. Again? <laughs> this trick never works. <laughs> Messing up my sleeve. We're going to watch Kung Fu Panda. Ah, which is a film from, uh, was was it SKG? No, it was Dream, well, yeah, it was DreamWorks. DreamWorks, yeah, SKG, DreamWorks. And it's Jack Black playing a character who's ostensibly Chinese. That We'll have to see if that's troublesome or not. But it does have James Hong in it, which, quite it honestly, does. can save nearly anything. And Jackie Chan. <laughs> and Jackie Chan, and a couple of other people who also are Chinese. And, of course, that, Chinese. that famous Chinese actor, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, in a role that will surprise you really if you does. haven't seen it. Then we're going to follow up with... Oh, no, no, well, no it's going to be get, a surprise. We'll get, we'll get there. <laughs> yeah. Because believe it or not, there is a little, um, what we're calling mockbuster. Yeah. There's a mockbuster of Kung Fu Panda. But kick punch, it's all in the mind until next week on Max Mike Movies. This has been a co-production of The Voice of Max and The Movie Wrench.